0: Good golly, God, Jams.
1: No. Um, you you creepy garlic franchise, that could from the folks at Retro Studios. What did we think? Whereas what you wrote
2: was, what did we think?
0: I said it. But now I'm going to undo it. Okay, everyone.
2: No. No, all of this has to stay in. Just no! keep
0: powering through. No one can know of my flaws. No one can know of this. Oh okay. my god.
2: Drew's got mad with power.
0: We must slay
2: him. We must strike him down.
0: No!
3: Slay.
2: Slay him. Dude, I've been playing hunting games all day. Let's go. Did you got your anti-Drew weapons ready? Uh, Yeah, I got one up. All right, all right, cool, cool. I've got my new anti-Drew pants on. Let's go kick his ass. All right.
3: Hello,
0: strangers on the internet scanning the horizon for new and exciting opportunities. Welcome to Knit week, the podcast about friends and video games. This week, we cap off our month of shooters with Metroid Prime, the creepy-crawly franchise that could from the folks at Retro Studios. What did we think? What do we remember? And are you ready for a Prime Time special? It's, it's funny because it's hey. terrible. It's funny because it's terrible. My name is Drew. Uh, and a fun fact about myself, my super secret audio log contains a chocolate chip cookie recipe that only you can make. And that's, a uh, that's my fun Damn. fact. Yeah, yeah.
2: Where do I, so if we find your super secret audio log, we'll just have the recipe for yeah. your chocolate chip cookies?
0: You will. I'll put in a separate one for oatmeal, but, you know, like, that's where you're gonna find out how to make them. On my dead okay. corpse. Lying somewhere, and you can't find I'm, out. I'm gonna
2: be honest with you. Mm-hmm. If that recipe turns out just to be the re- cookie, uh, chocolate chip cookie recipe on the back of the bag of chocolate chips, I'm gonna be really upset.
0: Adam, I'm Adam. You think so little of my cooking skill. I'm very insulted. This
2: better not be the Toll House <laughs> recipe just on the back back of the bag. Shh.
0: There's a secret ingredient. It's called love.
2: Shit. Mm. Well, That's well, pretty good. That.
3: Mm.
0: Deep inside.
2: Uh, hello, my name is Adam. Uh, and. I'm- and my super secret audio log contains the ingredients to make the ultimate sandwich
0: the ultimate wow, sandwich wow
2: i don't have a food theme with this audio well, logs i didn't expect drew to also have a super secret like uh you know cookie recipe i could go with my uh, my backup answer of my secret audio log contains the ingre- the formula and the ability to make endless puns
3: mm. i've
2: recorded all of it in this audio log No one should ever find it. Oh my. I feel like that's a series of audio logs, but I do agree with the premise. You know, it's like a series. You find the first one on level one, and you keep finding more as you go. Mm -hmm. Alright. That's pretty good, that's pretty solid. Anyways, hello
1: there, I am Zach, and uh, in my secret audio log, well, okay, I have to explain this a little bit first. First, you have to go through the 10 initial audio logs that I have that are detailing the plan. I'm basically talking about the plot, but the secret audio log, after you've gone through like three different dif- different puzzles of varying difficulties the secret audio log is the one where i tell you the secret to how i managed to make all the other my audio logs because i wasn't actually in the game it was a
0: fourth wall reference boom that was Damn. some meta stuff right there let me eat a cookie in out. celebration <laughs>
2: Man, Enjoy. I, I, sometimes I wish we had recordings of people fucking up while we're being recorded And oh. that we could put those <laughs> as secret audio logs Those don't exist Sometimes I, mean, I wish we had recordings of people stumbling
0: over words But we would have to stumble over words for that to happen
1: Adam, Adam, can I tell you something? Because you weren't there on Thursday Go for it we're, Like, we're about to talk about our weeks There were some audio
2: logs <laughs> <laughs> Well, since we're already kind of talking about weeks, uh, Drew, you want to start us off with your with your week? I know you and Zach have apparently been hanging out behind my back.
0: So this week, um, me and Zach, uh, we did a little Metroid fun times. Um, Michael Block, super cool guy, uh, let me borrow his Wii U, and he let me borrow his copy of Metroid Prime Trilogy. So Zach came over. And we spent the entire night playing through the different games and learning a whole lot along the way. Isn't that right, Zach?
1: Listen, man,
2: those fucking Waggle controls killed me on the first one.
3: <laughs> yeah, and you got, so...
2: you Because you guys are playing the, the, the trilogy, which is like the redone like Wii U version, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're all so, Waggle. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: there, there's no GameCube. There's no alternative control scheme. You just got to deal with the Waggle and i've been replaying it a little bit um game one i still feel like the waggle controls just aren't what i want Mm -hmm. two they seem to hold up a lot better i don't know i'm getting a lot more attuned to using the wiimote when i first started using it i was just like angry Hmm. like i i was just sitting in my room like why why is this happening why am i doing what i'm doing this makes me sad and frustrated but you know um once i figured out how to move my hands and got past uh the whole like oh cool i'm gonna have to like do this weird gesture um they kind of work you know they work um it's kind of fun to be able to look around in new ways that i wasn't able to in past games but Mm -hmm. you know i will i'll go into that in a little bit more detail later i suppose sounds Um, good yeah
2: did you guys do anything else besides just play metroid metroid prune
0: we reviewed tortilla chips
2: Oh right, the Tortilla Chip Review. Oh gee, I was really confused. <laughs> so how did how did Tortilla Chip Review go?
0: Uh it went pretty good. You'll be seeing the audio log for that pretty soon. Um what we did is we played in half hour increments, and then as we did them, we did little check-ins to see how we were doing. Um I can say that we start off very positive and very optimistic, and then there's a point where <laughs> We get a little angsty. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. it was mostly the waggle controls. But I mean, I think Zach could probably speak to that better than I could. Yeah,
1: so the like... I I beat the... Well, I didn't beat it. Um, I played against the first like... Or like the second boss in Metroid Prime. Mm -hmm. And I got so deeply frustrated playing against it that I just like swore it off and didn't play it again. (laughs) Hmm. And I just... I only played like Metroid Prime 2 and Metroid Prime... I don't even think I played three. I just watched Drew play the rest of it because I was like, "I'm done with this."
0: <laughs> wow, wait a fucking quit while you're ahead, a quitter. I mean, to be fair, he got up against like one of the most annoying bosses in the first game. Like, I, I understand wow. where the frustration came from. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, yeah. you guys, did,
2: did you do anything else this week, Drew?
0: Um. Well, it was my it was my brother's birthday the week before, but he was working. So this was the weekend I got to actually see him and hang out and do a birthday celebration. Hooray! Uh, it resulted in us uh, going out to dinner, getting a bunch of pizza, a bunch of fun, tasty food, a um, bunch of cookies. Um, you know, just having like a goofy, fun time with my brother. Mm-hmm. Then we decided to watch some some good old anime. Yeah. Um, yeah adam adam do you know what do you know what good old anime we watched i'm scared what did you guys watch danny introduced me to a wonderful show called devil man Crybaby.
3: hooray
0: uh, (laughs) how much uh, you guys watch of it oh we we watched the whole thing Uh, oh okay
2: don't (laughs) don't tell me too much because i think i've only seen up to episode three
0: but boy it's like really fun happy times isn't it okay so here's the thing adam it's 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 interesting you say you were up to episode three because Danny was up to about episode three episode four as well mm-hmm. and he kind of had the beginning half of how this show goes and I'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you now and for the listeners at home, um, I, the second half of that ten that ten episode show goes to some pretty weird crazy places. I know and I'm like, so excited. <laughs>
3: Oh no! <laughs> I wow. all right, all
2: right. So everybody keeps telling me, "Oh, Adam, the second half of Devil Man Crybaby is really weird and strange." I don't know. It's pretty intense. And it's like, guys, stop hyping it up more for me. I want to just want to watch this more now. It
0: sounds fantastic, Adam. Adam you know how like uh, Evangelion gets a little pretentious. Uh huh. Okay, so like that's that's the old way. That's mm-hmm. the that's the old path. This is this is the next level of that happening so where i think it gets, it'll be pleasantly where it gets
2: super pretentious oh
0: boy i i'm just gonna say you should give it a shot and i think you i, I want to know your opinions i want to know your opinions once you get to it oh boy so that is all i'm gonna say all yes. right i'll
2: have to let you know when i finish that off
3: mm,
0: sounds good uh, but yeah no uh aside from that it's been a pretty good week uh saw some friends today we went out hiking uh had a little drink afterwards in general things are going all right for old drew
3: nice um yeah
0: yeah so that's me in a nutshell how are you how's adam i'm doing pretty
2: good i'm not in a nutshell i don't know how you got in that one yeah uh
0: it was difficult difficult battle very hard to do all
2: right so this week has been super boring just like fuck work and everything but there's been one shining glimmering ray of hope it's monster hunter world <laughs> oh, it's so good, God,
3: it's, it's yeah. so good. <laughs>
2: oh boy Ah uh, yeah okay it's uh, okay. So monster hunter world is fantastic i've been playing a lot of that this weekend um mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: i finally got my uh got together and with a couple of my buddies when we were playing it so i think we're up to like rank i think five or six i think about five uh so we just fought our first giant t-rex it was like Boy, that this is this T Rex thing that every time I go out exploring, he shows up and goes, "Hey, can I play too?" Like, no,
0: fuck off, giant T Rex! You're not welcome here. No, he's, litera- he's a bad guy, T Rex. He's not, not the kind you want to play with. He's not. Right?
2: He's not happy, fun time, best friend T Rex. No, he's very mm. aggressive and likes to just like pull aggro on people and be like, oh, "We're fighting now, right?" Like, no, not even a little bit. You hit oh, way dear. too hard for me to fight you right now. Like, oh, I'll, okay, I'll give you a story. Um. This is now Tales from the Hunt with Adam. Uh, I went on a hunt for this weird chameleon dragon thing called a Puke Puke. It's this weird... Oh, the Puke Puke. And it's this weird chameleon wyvern thing that likes to spit poison. And so I went out to go hunt it, and it was like, oh no, it's raining. Uh, This is the first hunt I've ever done in the rain. I wonder what happens. Nothing much. It's just like kind of... It's dark, stormy, and cloudy, but it looks really cool. Anywho, Mm. I go to fight this Puke Puke who, at this point, should be pretty tough.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: okay. yeah. I, I finally make eye contact with it, and I say, yes, I'm going to go fight that thing. I almost get close to it, and just around the corner steps this giant T-Rex. It's like, oh. 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 And then the two of them start fighting. And oh. <laughs> and they start fighting each other, and I run the hell down this little path to avoid them, but they keep walking like behind me, like, one of them is trying to escape the other, and they just happen to be running the same way I am. Well, wouldn't you know, we, like, us little merry band of two giant monsters and one scared guy and a cat run into this clearing where we find a giant iguana monster that's fight, that now wants to fight. It's like,
0: oh, fuck. okay, <laughs> they this place. Did it, it uh, want to fight I, you or did it want to fight the other monsters? Like, I just want to understand the tale of this hunt.
2: Huh? Oh, I
0: wasn't fighting nothing.
2: They were having fun fighting themselves. I was supposed to fight the chameleon thing, but uh, he didn't want to. He wanted to fight mm. the T-Rex and the iguana.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear.
2: Uh, but that, but yeah, so that's just, like, one of the many little stories that I've had. Uh, I love... This game's really fun. Um, I will say it is like a fucking jungle of UI not gonna, not gonna lie, yeah. there's some like yeah. stuff in there that's like how it's like, oh, you can do this? Like, oh geez. Well I guess it a lot of people are complaining about the UI UX stuff. Um uh, mm. and to its and to their credit, uh, or it is kind of like there's a lot of information it's throwing at you, but mm. it is like all on the screen <clears throat> and says, Hey, you can do this. It's just imagine one UI element and then there's like five or six button prompts beneath it saying Hit this button and you'll do this other thing It's like oh geez there's a lot of stuff going on
0: mm, uh, Well is that just because The system's really complicated or do you Think it could be simplified a lot like...
2: Uh it's actually Weird this is the first time where are saying Like there's so much UI Yet there's still not enough to see Everything I want to see at once it, it's, Wow the, oh, dear. the game has like system Upon system upon system Upon system of like how deep you Want to dive into it uh mm-hmm. and you don't have to dive into it too deep at the low rank, but if you want to go for like the super high end stuff, you will need to like start wading through all these systems. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll get to there eventually. So far right now it's just been like me and my cat, we're going to go hunt this giant like weird dragon thing. That ought to be you know, great. That's
0: what- that's what's selling it for me. Like, the fact that you have, like, an adorable little 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 friend with you along this journey. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but, like, that seems so appealing to me as as a player and as a person. Uh, besides that, I, have I, a cat.
2: <laughs> I put in some more time into P5, and I'm trying to get through that. Um, I'm also battling Amazon right now, and I'm trying to get my fucking copy of Dragon Ball Fighters. They apparently mm-hmm. do not want to send it to me. Well, well they're going to send it to me, but just not in a timely fashion yeah that sucked man i did find out it's apparently supposed to show up on the ninth which is like maybe a week or two after the game came out and this and i put day one shipping on there. It's like thanks amazon you're helping
0: i gotta ask why did you get a a physical copy because can't you get like digital on your console or Uh,
2: yeah you can't i don't know i'm kind of weird in that i still like getting physical copies of games i totally could just download it on my uh on my system I don't know, there's so something kind of new... nice about, it, like, oh, look, I have this physical copy of the game.
3: Mm.
0: That's true. Also, now you have more Monster Hunter time, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, to be honest, um, Dragon Ball Fighters like is coming out, and I do want to play it, but there's just so many other things I'm playing at the moment that I'm like, you know what? I'll wait, actually. You know what? Thanks, Amazon. You knew I didn't need that distraction in my life. But, yeah, Amazon. that's been my week. How... That sounds exciting. How yeah. was Zach's? Uh,
1: well, hi there. I definitely Hello. had a week. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing I want to bring up is uh, last night I played some board games over at a French place. Tall Drew was also there. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, Tall Drew. There were two Drews there. Drew was there, um, and specifically, we got to play Arabian Nights. Ooh, yes. that game! I love that game. It is basically just you wander around the world doing random crap. Random things happen to you, and you've got like. You're trying to like exert some level of control over your journey, but there is no level of control you can put over your journey. You are just at the whims of fate, unless someone else picks something for you and they're a giant asshole and put you on the opposite side of the map from where you want to go.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach. Still upset. Hi. That that
2: happened, Zach. <laughs> that happened. Drew, did you do it to him?
0: I I didn't know it was as bad as I thought. No, I was the one who picked your your cities, dude. He picked My the bad. initial
1: locations, which were not miserable, <laughs> kind of bad, but not miserable. Mm Hmm. Um. But I someone else got to pick where I went, and they suggested I roll for it, and so I did, and so I picked the person. Uh. And they just were like, so basically the other drew egged them on, and they put me into a position where I'm like, oh well, I can't do anything. It didn't matter that much because literally, uh, Drew won like the next round. (laughs) So yeah, but it you know it was about the journey, and I I was enjoying the journey um nice. so that was you found... it was overall really cool i finally got to play that game
0: zach would you retell the tale of your merman in the middle of the desert because oh, right i
1: am pretty merman. pleased with how that worked out yeah so i got an encounter where i ran into a merman in the middle of the sahara desert how don't know but after having a bizarre encounter wherein i tried to avoid him uh and that didn't go over very well i was cursed by the merman he threw me overboard but you're in the desert <laughs> he i was thrown continue, overboard <laughs> wherein i washed up ashore and was found by as far as i could tell like pirates essentially who uh ransomed me uh-huh. i lost some wealth levels and i was dropped
2: off in a coastal city on the opposite side of the planet but you were in the desert how the fuck were there pirates in the desert how was there a mermaid in the desert or I a don't mermaid? Know. called magic adam these are questions i don't this game confuses me are these like sandmer people i don't know how do you not know you were there no
1: one knew what no one this game confuses me next thing not a soul anyways so that's that is that is arabian nights um at its weirdest but yeah so the next thing is hi there okay i don't know which one to go with i'll go that one first hey there time for some overwatch updates specifically San Francisco Shock. Oh boy, Da-da-da. I'm excited. I know. I'm pretty much the only person here who cares this much. But uh, so last week, the San Francisco Shock lost a game miserably to Dallas. Uh, to to Dallas, who's also playing miserably. Oh, and I was no. very upset, and I didn't think we were gonna win another match for the rest of the season. Um, and so this week we played the Houston Outlaws, who is a really solid team, and we ended up losing to them, which is unfortunate. We lost one three. Mm-hmm. Um, we and i this wonderful one of the uh basically the announcers got to coin the phrase never underestimate the san francisco shock to throw a match Mm. because it happened a bunch when we were playing dallas it happened when we were playing houston we would be like up and have advantage and still somehow lose
2: all right zach i really gotta ask um these people sound (laughs) terrible at this game why do you follow them
1: because they're san francisco that's pretty much it at this point oh i see um so anyways, so later in the week, we got to play against the Florida Mayhem, which I was worried that we were going to lose to, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they're the second worst team in the league.
2: Second worst? Who's the worst?
1: Uh, Shanghai Dragons. Damn. Get wrecked Sh- Shanghai. The Shanghai Dragons currently have an 0-8 record.
2: Wow, why are they even trying?
1: <laughs> Florida Mayhem have a 1-7.
2: Wow, you people are <laughs> only slightly better.
1: Yeah, so, uh, but we ended up, we played them and then we 4-0'd them, so we swept them. Uh-huh. Which made me feel a lot better about everything. Um, and now we are sitting at a grand total of a record of three and five, which nice. is not miserable. Not terrible. Um next not week great, we play not bad. Yeah, like so next week is the last week of Stage One, uh, wherein we play against the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Soul Dynasty. Um <laughs> to which us against the Gladiators, some people have said that we're we're looking like underdogs to those guys but i think we're we could we could beat them we could definitely beat them um Mm. and then the soul Mm. dynasty is basically like oh hey we're probably gonna lose this one badly
2: Mm. see how well we can do so and drew drew your update from the field what is the what do the sf shock players look like they're doing we go live to drew well
0: well it looks like right now the sf shock players are uh enjoying a fine dinner um, it seems that one of the players has grabbed some salt, the other some pepper. Um, now they are exchanging salt and pepper, but they have this awkward eye contact that tells me that they don't want to be talking to each other right now. Possibly because of something that happened earlier on the field that's kind of underneath. It's kind mm, of a passive-aggressive mm. look, if you know what I'm saying, Adam.
2: I get you. Thanks thanks for that update, Drew. We go back to Zach.
3: Yeah.
1: So I've got some, I've got some I've got some hope for the San Francisco to shock, but we'll see what happens. Uh, anyways, the last thing in my actual video game news is I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. Wow! Ooh. Is it a breath of fresh air
2: for you? It is. It is a bit like playing Skyrim again, actually. Yeah, I, I've heard that before. That it's it's kind of like you know, look, big open world, go things. Yeah. Yeah, there's a main plot. Do what you want. It's yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm
1: like like trying to hit up all of the towers in the game so that way I can fill out the map.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is an interesting experience, because, like, so the way you kind of handle it is that you're moving into territory that isn't mapped, and you have no idea where anything is. But you use your your zoom, and you mark a location, and then that that's on the map now, and now you can, like, view it on your mini-map. Mm-hmm. And it just... It's actually super helpful in terms of orienting where you want to go next. Nice. Uh, and I did some other things. I beat the uh, Zora boss. I beat the Zora... Well, dungeon. Shh, no, don't tell me what it is. I'm not but gonna tell you, you what it is. But you beat a thing. I beat a thing. I beat a dungeon. Um, nice, and it was solid. uh It was, it was uh pretty good. I enjoyed it. um Some people have said that those dungeons are actually pretty short, and I agree. There was like, it felt like half the length of a normal Zelda dungeon, and I think feeling mm. that's going to be the case. Uh, are,
2: are these dungeons or are these the shrines? uh dungeons oh okay so are, so i'd only heard about the the shrines you could do and they're like little challenge things here or there i didn't know yeah. there's actual like full-on dungeons
1: yeah admittedly i went through one of the shrines that was about as well was like slightly shorter than the actual dungeon i went through hmm. some of some of the shrines are like one puzzle and you're done other Wait. shrines are like here let me send you a through a series of like six puzzles and I'm like, what i don't know
3: And then there's the combat
1: shrines wherein they just dump one enemy at you and say, ha ha, have fun. Have fun, beat this thing, do it. Um, I've also noticed uh, I I had a lot of, there were a lot of people, certain people would complain that there were issues with stamina. Uh, I kind of ran into that, kind of didn't. I'm still okay on stamina, but I would really like more. And -hmm. then uh, horseback riding is fun. Surprisingly fun to sneak up on a horse and then jump on it and now it's yours. (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the last thing is the weapon limitation is a pain painful experience. Oh, is it the weapon durability mm-hmm. bit? Yeah, because like so in the game you have you you have your weapon slots, and so you have like I think seven to start with. Mm-hmm. And I haven't expanded it past the seven. Yeah. But my my biggest issue is that I haven't. So one of my weapon slots is a torch. Mm-hmm. One of which is a woodcutter's axe. So Mm -hmm. I can top down trees. One of which is a giant leaf so I can move boats. And so that's three of my seven slots just taken and will not leave.
2: It sounds like somebody needs to find more slots.
1: Yeah. So uh, I I know how to increase my slots and I'm probably going to go do that the next time I start up the game. But I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like really confined in the amount of melee weapons I can have. Whereas like the
2: bows I never have an issue with. Well, the melee weapon, from what I understand, the the way it kind of works is you're supposed to be, like, pick up a weapon, use it till it breaks, throw it at the enemy, pick up their weapon, and, like, you're hot-swapping weapons all the time. You're not really, like, building up a weapon or anything
1: yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't know, it just, it feels odd, It like, and I get that, but I, there's so many occasions where I'm just like, oh, hey, this weapon does 50 damage. I'm not gonna wait this on weak enemies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I need... I, Man, and then your and then your entire inventory is full of super powered weapons, and you're like, "Well, I have to use them now."
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have that that resource management problem that a lot of games at least would get with me, where like it would always be potions, right? Like I never wanted mm-hmm. to use a good potion or a good healing item. So by the end of any RPG, I was like loaded, and like every final boss was a huge pushover. Right Only here, it's all weaponry, so it's even worse. Like, yeah, well, I, I was gonna this, say. I know. Uh, no, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. You get to the la- sure. last
2: boss, it's like, I have 83 ethers, <laughs> I think I'm good. Yes! Right. That Maybe... is
0: exactly what happened with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Admittedly, it makes like, the final the boss money. fight
2: hilarious in that you just
1: are dumping weapons the entire time. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. So that is, that is uh, my week in a nutshell. It so, of the while overall has been really fun, though. Just I see. So
2: there. you guys not only hang out behind my back, but you also go and get matching nutshells and hang,
0: inside, hang out inside of them? Okay, Adam, none of this was behind your back. We explicitly said, hey, Adam, if you want to get thrown into a nutshell, there's a really cool yoga seminar going on this afternoon, and you decided to go to work instead. That's right. I, I didn't you. want to
2: be thrown into a nutshell. <laughs> uh, that sounds terrible. I'm going to yeah, break well, out of my shell now, and I think we should talk about Metroid.
0: Specifically, Metroid uh, Prime. Oh, uh, okay. I can do that because I love Metroid a lot. If people don't already know, hi world. We're gonna talk about Metroid.
3: My other rhyme. Tra-
2: my other transition was gonna be, hey, if you're in that me- that nutshell, you're almost like an morph Ball, just like Samus. Hey.
3: Oh, do, do, do,
2: do, do, do. And that's the first thing okay. I want to say about Metroid. <laughs>
1: that morph ball is fun, but we'll get to that. That's
0: right. It is. All right. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, that wasn't... I, nothing. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so <laughs> so this week we're talking about Metroid, um, specifically the Prime series. Uh, I think we clarified... A little, to clarify, just to clarify, uh, we're not going over Other M, we're not going over the side scrollers, we're not going over Federation Force. And sadly, we're, about,
2: we're not going, over pinball. Huh? We're
0: not here, about not going over pinball. We're not talking about Metroid Prime. We're not talking about Metroid Prime Pinball i we are not we are talking about the core series the shooter series from retro uh heavily influenced by uh, alien um started off on the gamecube primarily follows the adventures of samus aaron fighting some space pirates and exploring a series of different worlds there are some different plot elements to each individual piece but that's the general framework mm-hmm. and uh Starting off, you know, for um, just our experiences, uh, I, I love this series a, a lot. Um, no, get, I, get right out of town. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, Metroid Prime, uh, I originally heard about it from a camp counselor who said it was the greatest thing in the world and I didn't believe him so i eventually got it and realized that my camp counselor deserved respect because it was just this mind-blowing awesome sci-fi adventure um and it was like one of the first gamecube games i had um i've played through all of echoes which is the sequel um takes place on ether or aether mm-hmm. um, it's got kind of a light world dark world mechanic it's pretty fun um and thanks to the amazing michael block can't thank him enough uh i got to borrow his wii u and his trilogy collection and play through kind of the beginning segments of corruption the third and i guess final of the sequence so far um haven't finished it yet but um made a pretty good way in so i feel pretty good having kind of like an early impression status on it Mm -hmm. um and, I mean, obviously, based off of that, I went on and played a bunch of the other Metroid games, some of the side-scrollers. Uh, that's not the focus of this, but I am pretty caught up on the lore and, you know, the general feel and vibe of it. I love them. Um, so I was going to say,
2: like, to sum it all up, Drew's a fan of Metroid.
0: I, I might like it i might like it just a, just it. a little be bit good <laughs> i might think it's good i don't know um, <laughs> um but that's me i was what gonna say i'm now? kind of in
2: a similar boat uh i mm-hmm. found out about metroid from uh i think actually the first one i played was a bit of super metroid back on the super nes uh i didn't have a super mm-hmm. nes but when i played that one and that was pretty fun so when i found out you know a couple years later that it's like oh hey they're doing metroid prime on the gamecube it's gonna be cool it's like wow that looks amazing <laughs> and I, um so when I got my GameCube, that was one of the games I was waiting to get. Uh, I eventually mm-hmm. did get Metroid Prime, and I remember it scaring the shit out of me, the very, as <laughs> yes. a young as a young Adam. Uh, that was a scary ass game. Um, mm-hmm. It was also, I think, one of the very first like first person shooters I ever played. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, besides like a couple rounds of like Halo here or there, but this was the first like big like FPS that I bought for myself. Actually, no, I got it as a present from my grandma. There we go. I gotta crack myself. Got it. Mm-hmm. A- And so I was playing through that, uh, and I remember really liking it. Uh, I then picked up Metroid Prime 2, and then later Corruption, and liked those ones. Uh, I'm Mm. trying to think. I actually don't think I ever finished, like, got to the... So I've seen all of them uh, all the way through. Um, There's a Let's Play group that I like uh, by the game, uh, this guy named Slow Beef, that happened to do a Let's Play of all three of the games. And I, I watched that one part where I was really bored. But I remember, it, uh, but I did get pretty far into each of the games. I think I just got, like, stuck looking for stuff in each one and kind of fell off. Uh,
0: well, that's pretty easy. Yeah. Like, those games are chock full, of, like, weird little hidden things. Especially if you're going for 100%, which I think you tend to do.
2: Uh, yeah, you know? I if it's possible to, I generally like to try to get everything and, like, see <clears throat> everything. So, uh, Metroid can be kind of a... It can be kind of a pain if you want to do that, especially because it does, like especially prime one and two offer you like no way of knowing which thing did you actually get so when you're looking down a list of like I want to get the missile pack I'm missing one which of the 50 missile packs do I not remember getting uh, oh yeah that's a good way to Did you that's a good way to kill your motivation to finish a game uh, but mm-hmm. I've generally really liked all of them I think they're pretty cool uh, I think each of them does like things really well uh, so I was pretty excited when we were when you we decided to do this episode yep. mm-hmm and
0: that brings us to Z.
1: Pretty exciting. Um, well, my experience, my sum total experience of the Metroid Prime series is playing them with Drew on Thursday evening.
0: Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> How could you be and so I, foolish?
1: And I also watched um, a Let's Play of like uh, the first part of the Metroid Prime original game. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I, I, it is an interesting shooter. Um, th- just the basics mechanics of it, especially when watching Prime uh was really interesting Mm -hmm. um i found the like the gameplay and the combat feels really subdued and i found that really interesting Mm
3: -hmm.
1: like with the previous Mm -hmm. shooters that we've we've gone against the shooting has been so core to what you're doing yeah like even Mm -hmm. in half-life like you've got the puzzle stuff but it's still combat that you're revolving around
3: Mm -hmm. and in Um, halo
1: the combat was evolved oh god
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) um
1: but with this game i think like the combat is taken aside side It is a first-person sort of an exploration game first, and then it's a shooter second. Yeah. That's my my, mm. my feeling on it, and I found that really interesting about the game. Mm. Uh, um, I found, the... like, the lore seems to be sort of a pushed aspect, despite the fact that you're never talking to anybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, that is... You do talk... People do
2: talk in Metro Prime 3, which is why me and Drew found it really weird. Oh, dude. Mm. Dude, it's... It, <laughs> booting at Metroid Prime 3 and having a prompt to be like talk to this general I was like wait what
0: this is weird it, it, yeah it was very shocking for me like I i I I was very against the first hour or so of corruption as I was playing it like Zach could attest for some of it like it was so it was paced so differently from the first two games which were very like quiet and slow and i I think Zach you said it's subdued yeah and then with this one it's right out the gates big military man's walking down a spaceship pew, pew, lots pew, pew. of explosions get in the space want, like, what's happening
1: it feels like they were copying like the halo formula which was weird it didn't be. make sense for the series like it defines itself as a as a first person game as being different from those sorts of military shooters yeah it's just uh, weird well, I mean, it can in. i ask
2: you zach uh did you because i i think you've said it before you weren't really a nintendo own like no. console owner or anything like that uh
1: well i did own an n64 and a GameCube
2: well okay so then because i was gonna say if you didn't know a gamecube i could see missing out on prime one and two yeah i, I still uh, I didn't was, play it <laughs> i was gonna ask if you'd played um any of the 2d ones
1: no i, ha- I have zero experience with any metroid uh, other than, than what i did on thursday all
2: right well so i've got i've thank got a you for being eye. Here. thank yeah. you for being here <laughs> zach the door is right over there all right yeah i'll excuse myself out
0: such cruelty, Me- such cruelty! Remember,
2: <laughs> remember, Zach, to shoot the door before opening it. Alright.
0: Mm. That is one gameplay element I love, that you always
2: have to shoot mm. the door to open it.
1: Yeah, I feel like they forgot the combat, like, it feels like you have to shoot the door to open it because they don't have enough shooting and they want more shooting.
2: No, that, that's actually not it. That's a, That was a holdover from, like, all the 2D games as well. Oh... Which, uh, we can go into later. Um, but does anybody else have any more for the experiences? Or should we move um, on to question number two?
1: Oh, man. Um, I, s- I still have, like, we had the waggle controls. Let me tell you, I had an experience with the waggle controls. <laughs> nice. Nah. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, how about we just go into that, then, man? Okay. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I, again, on the audio log, like, I think it comes through pretty clearly that I am not a man who likes motion controls particularly much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so...
1: Um, Apparently on the GameCube Metroid Prime, you just had an Uh, Um, auto-lock-on?
2: Yeah, so uh, in Prime 1 and 2, the original GameCube versions, you had a, I think it was L-lock, that you would just Mm -hmm. immediately lock onto an enemy that was on the screen. Right. Um,
0: yeah, that, that that ties into what you were saying, Zach, because like I it was an intentional decision to make the combat and the aiming not a huge focus. Yeah, like they, right. they, they, they kinda wanted more exploration. One
2: second. So for listeners, we've moved on to our second question of what do we consider Metroid's greatest strength and weaknesses. Uh just so people know where we are in the show. Um so I guess and now we're talking on uh, the gameplay aspect at the moment.
0: Yes. Yes, I believe we are. Yeah. Sorry, Adam. No, no, yep. no. Thank no. you for clarifying <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, the lock-on was kind of a big deal for Prime 1 mm-hmm. and 2. Uh, I'm actually really surprised to hear... Uh, I I think Pri- Corruption had lock-on as well, didn't it?
0: There's a lock-on, but it locks on, and then you still have to sort of aim with the controller afterwards. Yes. It's kind of like this weird hybrid. Yeah,
1: so basically what it does is that the lock-on centers the enemy in the middle of the screen, mm-hmm. and then you have to aim the fucking waggle controller... Like excuse to the center me. of the screen to hit the enemy
2: excuse me it's not the waggle controller it's the wii mote. oh my god please stay on brand oh, uh fuck your brand
0: wiggle waggle waggle uh
2: but yeah i remember um uh, i was gonna say like the for metroid prime it, that lock-on kind of like saves that game uh, if i'm being honest mm-hmm. uh because mm-hmm. it like like zach has said uh metroid prime Actually, all three of them. It made the transition really well from like a two D shooter to a three D uh, FPS, and that's kind of a big. Mm-hmm. That's a really big jump from a two D side scroller, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and I think that's thanks mostly, and I think chiefly in part of the lock on feature, where it would be really difficult to like you know have this like big exploration game, um, but then also expect players to have like this really like tight uh, FPS uh, experience when. I don't really think the GameCube was really doing that kind of stuff. The controller is just not set up for it. But Metroid, no. Metroid Prime lets you hit L, uh, and L to lock onto a, an enemy, and in Prime One and Two, it literally does just stick on that enemy, and you can circle strafe around it, and it just stays there. And uh, yeah, I remember Prime Three had, uh, you know, it'd lock onto the enemy, but you still had to aim at it. Prime One and Two mm. feel great to play on a GameCube, like that lock, like, do that lock on's fantastic. That game would be hmm. fucking difficult without a lock-on, especially for how fast things are moving.
0: Oh, Zach, you want to tell the story of the wasps?
3: Oh god.
0: Oh, the war wasp. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so. So you know how that boss is a pain in the ass with the control scheme that the game was intended for? Uh,
2: yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember which boss you're talking about.
1: The the oh, like the um... first normal boss, not the the intro like boss. Uh, it's... Uh, Prime one, yeah. Yeah, it's the one where the wasps are spinning around you. Oh, yeah, the the
2: burn hive thing.
1: Yeah, so Mm -hmm. doing that with the waggle controls is painful. Basically, so I I get to that fight, and I keep locking on to these fucking wasps, Mm
3: -hmm. and you
1: need to be able to shoot them really quickly right afterwards, which if you have the auto-lock on, it's fine. But with this, like, I missed, missed like, three shots in a row, wasp hits me, and I'm like, what the fuck, game? I can't Mm. aim my fucking waggle controller fast enough to catch this. Um... Like, unless I already know where it's going to stop.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that... it Like, it was just so frustrating. You'd, like, turn, shoot, and then just whiff all your shots. And then the wasp hit you in the face. And you're just like, well, fuck you, game. <clears throat> fuck you, wasp! <laughs>
3: you didn't oh, win! Oh, right,
1: and then and then once you beat all the wasps, you have to turn back to the main boss.
3: hmm
1: And shoot it there. But... So what happened was that I almost beat it. I got all the way to the end. And then my lock-on... I locked on, and I shot. All my shots went off to the left. Just off to the left.
0: <laughs> it was it was painful. And then another it spawn
1: was of wasps come in, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm fucked.
2: So, I'm actually really conf- like curious to know if it may have been like a hardware thing. Because uh, I remember playing Prime 1 and 2 on the GameCube, and everything worked fine. I remember playing, uh, because I believe the Metroid Prime trilogy that, that you played, Zach. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll need to make sure we're distinguishing between the two. Uh, like, different sets of games like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't remember Prime... Uh, I don't remember Prime 3 having terrible, like, motion controls or anything. I actually remember it playing pretty well. Yeah, it does. Um, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if perhaps it's... The problem came more from... Metroid Prime 3 has was built around its motion controls. But then in Prime 1 and 2, they kind of retrofitted the mm-hmm. motion controls onto the game. And they weren't made for it kind of deal. Well, and the I other feel thing like is, that, I feel so, like that's kind of where the issue is. So, Metro Prime
1: Two is actually fine; it's not miserable with the with the mm-hmm.
3: Um
1: But Metro Prime Original is the one that really, really suffers from that. It just that, feels
2: bad. Yeah, and that's a shame because like Prime One of on the GameCube is fantastic, and I, I yeah. kind of mm. I'm more surprised Drew didn't have his GameCube around mm. to pop that game in, or was it back well, at your parents' I, place or something? Mm.
0: It was, it was back in my parents' place, and I don't have the right chords for it. Um, oh. he, here's my takeaway, right? Like, <clears throat> playing Corruption, the controls feel... It feels like you said. Like, it was intended around using this motion control. I'm still getting used to motion controls. Like, I think in general, just using a Wii mode is something you can't just pick up and be a master at. You kind of gotta get the setup right and figure out how to, like, configure everything. Because the first time oh. I did it, like, I was i was a very unhappy man i was i was trying to play through prime and like the lock on and the waggle wasn't quite working for me Mm -hmm. um and there was you know that little like that little angry bit of drew going like oh man what is this what is life um however you know getting a little bit more experience with it like Kinda kinda worked its way around. Uh I'm with Zach. I think Echoes, it feels a lot better. Um and actually being able to look around with it is quite nice, I have to mm. say. Um because well, if let you me... remember on the original oh, go
2: ahead. I was gonna say and this is just just from the uh the trilogy version, like do you remember any, like it how it played on GameCube or anything? I...
0: I do, I do. When I played it on the GameCube, I had no complaints. Everything felt super solid and slick. Uh, but I was a young man, so you know, maybe that's just it. Just how I remember it. Uh, maybe the, the young controller. Young sorry, Drew's go too good. N- young young Drew's Drew so better good at games. video games, <laughs> and old Drew is just you know he doesn't have what he quite used to. But um. As far as, like, I, I don't want to just talk about the waggle. No, right? no. Because, no. like, I think the games, like, the controls of the game, obviously they're important. But I think, like, what contains yeah. well, for kind of shines through regardless of the control scheme. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, for yeah. the,
2: just to kind of go a little bit, to move away from controls, but over to, to like, to still be in gameplay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I mentioned that, like, it made a transition really well from 3D. Uh, like from like from 2D to 3D, um, and I really think it was pretty cool. Like if you've played all three of them, you can see like basically all of the elements from the 2D games like just got pulled over into the into the Prime series, and they feel really natural to play like with. And this is kind of where I'm a bit bummed that Zach hasn't played any of the old 2D Metroids uh, mm-hmm. yep. because I feel like this is just going to turn to me and Drew being like, "Hey man, oh, remember, okay. this el- remember this element from the old Metroids that's now in Prime? It was fantastic." Mm-hmm
0: um well I mean like the morph ball. the thing is if you
2: like the morph ball like oh, yeah. was really cool. Well, like like because you're in for like you're in first person but the morph ball is such an essential part of Metroid that like mm. you had to have it there and it was really smart of them to like let you go into third person mode and roll around instead of like trying to do it in first person they but it's not like that like, very mm. just
0: made some very smart decisions like i again i came into prime not having any prior knowledge of the franchise i was just i hear this is a fun game mm-hmm. and so like i wasn't drawing from like oh isn't it cool to see this translated i was just amazed at all the systems and all of the lore and the way the game wanted me to play it yeah like it was this awesome game where i could just like sit down and explore like this really intricate puzzle planet mm-hmm. and like every time i popped it up i like i wanted to find missile packs i wanted to find chozo lore i was so obsessed with finding chozo lore and finding out what happened to this race yeah i i am very proud to say that i got a hundred percent scan completion and final gallery yeah that's amazing
1: okay drew i figured that out because we were doing the intro to metroid prime and on like two different occasions drew was like yeah that bug enemy type you have to scan it here it doesn't show up anywhere else in the game oh man i hate mm, because fucking it,
2: missable scans yeah no like and i pa- was
0: like oh, all the parasites okay. all the parasites on the on the space frigate um before it sinks if you don't scan those guys you don't get there. their log entries and you're just done fuck and <laughs> and that required a replay through for me so you know i remember that pain <laughs> but i got him <laughs> Mm-hmm. same with the queen actually same with the queen yeah the queen um,
2: the queen only shows up the one time i mean the, the only reason that, like, like i said like, the kind of like the transition from 2d to 3d thing wasn't really something that struck me until i kind of went back to it a couple of years later after like mm-hmm. playing a bunch of the 2d games uh because i think prime was my first metroid game and then i uh that i like actually sat down and played like when i played super metroid it was just a, like a little bit at a friend's house but like yeah, years right. later it was like wow this is amazing that all of this just works yeah. i like mm-hmm. the puzzles are really cool. I like the puzzles in all of the, the prime games. Hmm. Do you
0: um, remember to, to get Oh, sorry? Huh? Um I was just gonna say to get back to the original question, would you say that the way they translate 2D to 3D is a huge strength for you? Like is that like why you look at the series and just go like, yes, uh, this works? Not
2: for Metroid it's kinda hard to say because I really like in terms of like how they like were able to move everything over and like maintain like the original feel and like tone and everything in the game and that like all of the mechanics from the 2d ones are here i really do think that's like kind of one of the cool things um mm-hmm. uh, i was gonna say like the just in terms of the gameplay they do some puzzles there that you couldn't have done in the 2d but they feel so natural using like what's already established kind of like hmm. um so this do you remember the spider ball and uh, i think it's in all three of them
0: Uh, I do. Yeah, it's where you can get on the magnetic, uh, little, the magnetic roads, and you can, like, kind of climb up and down places. Right,
2: and in in Super Metroid, it was just for little climbing up walls, but in Prime 3, they used the Spider-Ball to make these super innate and intricate, like, platforming puzzles while you're in Morph Ball. I Uh, I do remember those. And then, like, later they bring in all these elements, like, oh, hey, now that you have the Spider-Ball and the, and the, uh, Morph Ball, oh, sorry, not the morph ball bombs you can like go from you can hop from one track to the other and now that you have the boost ball you can like shoot yourself up through these half pipes i like oh, that they were God, cool i
0: remember that oh, the half pipes were i remember passing them in the early game and just thinking like that's a weirdly specific shape and then like finding them like with the ball with the boost again and just being like ha 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 i'm finding missiles today son mm-hmm. oh boy <sighs> mm. that's um, glorious
2: I did want to talk about, about the, the story of that, because I do think the story of, like, oh. all three games is, like, one of its stronger points, and I think it's kind of what mm-hmm. sets it apart from the other shooters that we've talked about, is that, like, mm-hmm. this is, like, really about, like, exploring, like, way more of exploring and story than, like, I think the other ones are.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. And you're talking about, like, just the Prime series versus general FPSs, or are you talking about a particular one?
2: Uh, I was gonna say, like, because of the, I'd want to say of, of, like, the ones we looked at, like, because... Halo, I think, is the one that's like most focused on like gunplay and shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. Half Life, Half Life, I think, uh, like has a bunch is more about its story, but not so much its exploration kind of deal. Because mm-hmm. I remember from what oh, I played no. of it, they're they're pretty linear levels, but there's a really tight story in them. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Bioshock had, uh, and I'm thinking primarily about one does have exploration, but not to the degree that Metroid does. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, They're really fun. Like Prime is like a really fun game to just like go and explore in.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, you can just totally get lost in the planets. um I think what you talked about with like the stacking mechanics is really important because that's kind of like the the game is kind of open world. It's just you don't have the tools to get everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like for me, finding like you know, oh, I'm gonna go over here and like recognizing that now that I have this one power up, I can totally take advantage of this thing i saw a few rooms ago was really cool as a kid yeah, right? yeah. um zach did you get much time to explore
3: when yeah you were playing
1: I, it? I got to explore enough until i could find a bunch of doors i couldn't go through and figured out i had a linear path <laughs> to that one boss oh i see yeah so i knew that there were more exploration routes and i and i saw it was structured i actually um i was reading a guide on how to build a dungeon like the mega dungeon i'm building right now mm-hmm. um and that guide actually pulls a lot from the Metroid Prime series because they're like, hey, here's how you create these, like, cool, crazy, interconnected maps, and then you sort of gate them off so that players, you know, have this zone to start and then this zone next and then this zone next. And it was actually a really cool sort of design breakdown for, say, like, an RPG dungeon. But again, it's based off of the Prime stuff where it's structured in the same way and that, like, zones of the game are sort of blocked off until you unlock this thing, which opens up that area.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the one thing I'd say about the exploration... uh that prime does really well is that it would be very easy to get lost in these worlds and then like kind of like stop playing because you don't know where to go but Mm -hmm. all three of the prime games actually have a mechanic so you don't get lost Mm -hmm. like you pick up you get your objective and then it'll let you go for like 20 or like 30 minutes and it'll then say hey by the by you should probably just go here like yeah um, and i think i think that was a good way of like letting people explore but also like all right these people are clearly stuck and lost um Let's point him in the right direction.
0: Yeah. And I, I like how like at least in the first and the second game, it always seemed like they had a lore reason for going in a place. Like it's like, oh, strange energy signals picked up in this room. Hey, new technology discovered through this mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like it it was a very it was a hint system that was needed, but it felt integrated well enough that I didn't feel like I was being like slapped on the wrist, you know? Yeah. Like, it was just, I will say I, what's happening in the game.
2: I did have a couple times where I was, like, fighting a really tough enemy, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, new scan data! And you accidentally hit Z, and it, like, opens the map, and you were, like, trying to fight something. Oh, no.
0: Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, well, well, cool, man. Um, so, is that... So, greatest strength for you is the exploration focus, you would yeah, say? Yeah,
2: I, I think so for me.
0: How about for you? Right on. For me, um... I i like the exploration focus i think i'm probably gonna have to agree with you i think the thing like the strongest element of the games for me that like ties it together and i think zach kind of figured this out is Mm. i love the scanning system i think it's just like (laughs) i think it's like one of the best things they've done i think it's like such a cool mechanic and i think it's a great way to do storytelling and hint telling and it adds to that level of discovery that you want in those games Mm -hmm. and i've I just I just love it. Like I it's really it's
2: really cool cuz you like you get as much story and as much like back info as you want. Like if you really don't care, yes. you really don't have to scan anything I think besides a couple enemies because yeah. Uh, I know in some of the later games and I think maybe even in the first one uh you kind of have to scan at least the bosses because they'll show you the weaknesses and let you lock on to weak points. Other than that, you mm-hmm. really don't have to scan anything and you don't have to interact mm-hmm. with the story at all. Unless you want to. Except for Prime 3, where it says, fuck you, you're listening to our story.
3: (laughs)
0: Huh. Well, I mean, I we'll probably get into that when we go over um, just the series entries in general, Mm -hmm. because I have some things to say, but um, yeah, no, I, I love the discovery element. I, I think, like I said, scanning is just like a super cool way of telling story. Like there's environmental storytelling and it, I like, as I was replaying it, it it reminded me a lot of a good solution to those old point and click adventure games Mm -hmm. where like, there's like very simple puzzles, but because it requires you to pick up on very specific contextual clues, like those games become very difficult to finish Mm -hmm. like i love grim pandango but like good god like i it's so easy to get stuck in that thing but by having something that you can just like go ahead and read and like have very explicit things like kind of like pointed out to you it really helps you kind of like feel like you're solving a puzzle and feel like you're solving like some kind of weird scenario um in a way that i guess again like i don't see in many other games especially shooters yeah um i was gonna also, say just shout out to the music the music's super good like oh dude the... <laughs> I,
2: I have like a point down here of be like special mention to the music all three of them have mm-hmm. fantastic music <laughs> it's like it's really fun to hear like old like like some of the music from the super metroid game like just redone in like this cool thing and then there's a bunch of new tracks and everything oh the music's fantastic
0: can can you answer one question for me uh, I think my favorite track is Fenandron and Drifts, uh, just like that weird, like slow. Duh, 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 duh. Is that a remix or is that an original uh, track? Because I can't, I do not know. I think
2: Fendrana is a original track. I think okay. so. Okay. Uh, I could be entirely wrong, um, mm. but yeah, Fendrana Drifts is a good one. Uh, I think mm. the one I liked was did you, Did you ever get to Torvis Bog in Metroid uh, I, I Prime Two? Yes. I liked that one a lot.
3: Mm. Ooh. Oddly enough, the
2: second zone in both in all of the Metroid games have really good music. Um, oh. I did want to say a couple things on the on the Metroid story real quick, uh, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in regards to prime. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: One, the Metroid Prime series, like all three games, and I guess I guess technically maybe four whenever Metroid Prime 4 does come out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the entire prime series is a self-contained story. It really has nothing to do with, like, I guess, the quote-unquote greater story of Metroid. Um, mm. It's very, you know, because Nintendo usually makes the Metroid games, but this was the first time they had handed it off to Retro. So it makes sense mm. that they would be like, you're going to make a standalone story where you can just make it, and if this works, great. You know, we can incorporate. It. If it's not, well, then it kind of can just sit on the side kind of deal. And I actually think that's really that was really smart of them to do, because it mm. lets them go be really weird with whatever story they wanted um i actually really like that the primes oh sorry go ahead
0: no no, i was just agreeing with you
2: Uh, i was gonna say i really like the the fact that the prime series like all three of them metroid usually has a very episodic kind of story where you don't really know that they're all connected because they feel Mm -hmm. so like you know each uh self contained but prime was like this really cool thing of like oh here's three games they're all sequels
0: like actual sequels of each other and look, you get to find out about Phazon. Ooh, Phazon. Oh, oh dear, Phazon. Or just I, I wasn't expecting them to um... like Dark Samus comes from like the hundred from like the secret ending of the first game, and the fact that she became like such a central point of the rest the rest of the games, I thought was pretty
3: cool. Like, Dude, it,
2: it's weird <laughs> that because kind of rad. I don't, I don't know if people knew this that Dark Samus is Metroid Prime. Like, because, because I don't think everybody got the secret ending where. You mm-hmm. know, you beat Metroid, Metroid Prime is a boss in Metroid 1, and you beat it, and this, and this, like, Samus hand comes out, and that's Dark Samus, and then it's like, wow, mm-hmm. cool, your villain was there Man. all along, you just didn't know
0: it. hmm I, Zach, uh, we've been talking a lot, and I know you have limited exposure to the Prime series, but is there any strengths or weaknesses you want to just point out for the sake of, you know, perspective, um, post-talking,
1: hmm? I can see the potential for some tedium with the scanning. Like I remember, you were really adamant about me, with, especially with the original Prime game. But I, I actually found scanning in that game a little tedious, time consuming, and just sort of like I'm not sure. Yeah, it's
2: sort of like it sounds like you're trying to hurt Drew with
1: I your words. Am.
0: And it, I'm trying to hurt uh, him. Um, <laughs> this knife in the back of my neck.
2: Where did it
1: come from? So I uh. like it, that's that's kind of where I think would be it is i don't know just sort of something about the animations and having to aim mm-hmm. and look at that it, but you really wanted me to read it and I, and I read through them and they were really cool to read It it was cool stuff behind those scans mm-hmm. it's just it, it felt odd that everything had to be scanned especially in one where everything had like a little symbol on top of it i was like that's weird oh
2: dude i, I will say this is the scanning metroid prime mm-hmm. one scanning is some crap Uh, And I'll explain why. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the text or lore in the scans. It is everything to do with how they indicate a thing can be scanned. Uh, Any object in Metroid Prime 1 that can be scanned has an orange mark on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And anything that is plot significant or plot important or progression important has a red thing. The red one, fine, those go away after you scan. But the orange ones don't. So if you were trying to figure out what scan you do and don't have, you can't tell because it's just an orange block they well, fix they that in, a little fade they,
0: out it, like it fades a little bit there's a little transparency
2: <laughs> but they fix that in metroid prime 2 where something that can be scanned like when you put your scan visor on has a is a giant outlined in blue and when you scan mm-hmm. it it turns green and says you got it it's like oh thank god
0: it was... It, I will give Echoes this. They significantly overhauled the scan system, and I think they did a good job. Did like, you know the scan it is, system... It, it's pretty to look. What's up?
2: Mm-hmm. I was going to say, did you know the scan system was originally not part of the game at all? Like... Yeah,
0: I was reading about that. Like... Um... Apparently, like, the folks at Nintendo went over to Retro and said, yo, you should make looking around and scanning the central tenant of the game. And they were like, what the fuck do you mean?
2: Well, uh, so I'm going to pull this from Did You Know Gaming. It's, it's a little YouTube show, but I remember they did a thing on Metroid Prime. And one of the things mm-hmm. they were talking about was, uh, I guess Miyamoto came in and was, like, looking through a build and said, what if Samus had a bug head? And I guess what, they, what he meant was, what if she could, like, look in different ways and see in different things? And that's how they... Mm-hmm made the idea of switching visors and i guess scanning was part of that because they're like oh people like having collectibles Mm -hmm. but and i can't remember if it was like i remember they were like kind of worried about it and it was kind of like a last thought because i think the market they thought wouldn't be accepting of scanning of like oh you have to scan everything but Mm. I, i think it turned out pretty well
0: I mean, I will say this, like, when you pick up a shooter, you kind of have this expectation of it being, like, fast-paced and very focused around gunplay and maybe some environmental storytelling. I I think the fact that Metroid goes for more of a slow, more methodical, like, way of playing, I can see why people would be frustrated or at least, like, scared away from implementing it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I mean, Zach finds it tedious. So, like, there you go. Point you made um i mean it's all skippable
1: so i'm not too bothered by it it's just yeah yeah
0: in any case uh perhaps it is time to move on to our next question i think so um gentlemen what are some memories you have of metroid prime that you would like to share with the table that we are all sitting around that's right because we are all memories
2: we can all see each other in real life that's how this works we're definitely not recording over the internet
1: right so i think i'll just go first and be like uh I have some fond memories of Drew telling me to scan things and then learning more about the world and being like, that's really interesting.
2: Nice. Wait, uh, I also... Let me ask you, Zach, what was your favorite scan that you
1: scanned? Um probably when we were playing Metro Prime two and I was scanning a bunch of soldiers and I learned like they're like glass it sort of like tells you how they died and the kind
2: of situation they were in. I was like, Oh, that's really effective did it ever weird you out that some people as they're dying go
0: no god
2: help me but they wrote that in their log yeah that is a little weird i or they I think
0: the idea is that it's being transcribed by, yeah i know I but mean... it, it's goofy
2: when you think of it that some guys being there like getting
0: attacked by uh, the ing and it's like
2: oh god ouch and like writing it I down. gotta
0: write it down it's like that one monty python joke in the holy grail where it's like Watch out for... Uh, <laughs> and it's like he's writing out... "uh" As he's like screaming it out. Yeah. But okay. Zach, you like the scanning. You like the scanning. I do like the scan. Adam? Adam, Did do you have any I memories? Have any,
2: do I have any me- fun memories of Metroid? Um, I guess I have two. Well, technically a little bit three. Let's, we'll go with these three quick short. Uh, I remember the very first time I popped in Metroid Prime 1. I It was, I think, Christmas. I mm-hmm. was all hyped and excited to play this new game and i remember the fucking like abandoned space frigate that that is the intro tutorial Mm -hmm. level is so moody and so oppressive it scared the shit out of me and i remember getting to uh the parasite queen and having to fight her and i remember dying the very first time i fought her and it Like, that game over screen is super intense because you just see, like... There's, like, a a heart monitor thing going... It's like, ( comeback) Samus has died. And, like, oh, my God. Uh, I remember being actually really scared to pop that game (laughs) back in the next day. Because it was really scary. All
0: right? It's really scary. That's Yo, like, they all have their interesting horror moments. um, But I got to say, like, one, like... One was freaky. One had some of the freakiest stuff that I've seen. Um, do, do you remember the Chozo Ghosts?
2: Yes! Those games <laughs> are terrifying. I hate them.
0: They're also... So for people who... Uh, sorry, go ahead. They're terrible to fight. I hate fighting them. <laughs> so for people who don't know, the Chozo Ghosts are the spirits of the, the race that is on the first planet uh, that you visit in Metroid Prime. And the thing about them is they just kind of happen and they happen very quickly you will enter a room it will go dark you'll hear this loud cry and then these like translucent glowing white bastards from hell show up and they zap around the room real fast shoot lightning at you and like you gotta kill them all and just oh aren't, invisib- aren't they invisible aren't they invisible as it- well they so they flicker maybe... between invisibility and visibility. So, <laughs> so I... They're evil.
1: <laughs> so you guys talk about how, how scary the first Metroid Prime game is or how, like, creepy it is.
3: Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. this is just
1: because I, my first experience was literally less than a week ago. I didn't find the game scary at all. I found two more scary than, than Zach, more.
2: were you more afraid because of the motion controls in Metroid Prime 1? I was mostly saying, I was mostly struggling with the motion controls. Because that takes you out of the moment real quick. Yeah, it, uh, it dragged mm-hmm. me out of the
1: moment pretty harsh. But even I, then, like, it, it mm-hmm. didn't, nothing seemed particularly scary. It,
0: it may have I'm going to recommend you give it a, I'm going to recommend you look up the Chozo ghost, Zach. I'm going to recommend you look them up. Uh,
1: I don't think, like, I don't think this, that shit's going to scare me. But all right, Zach
2: is trying to say that we are a bunch of pansies. And that he is af- more afraid mm. of zombie like space marine soldiers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to ask two Zach, so you did, two play, does... oh. you did play. Does you did play the beginning part of two, and so you did get to see like the crazy ing and like get pulled into the dark world and all that. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I got to that part. That that was nice. like two again had some some like moments that I'm like, oh, these are actual horror moments. This feels like an actual alien movie.
2: I will say, um. Metro Prime 2, so Metro Prime 1 has some really good atmospheric stuff, and there are moments where it is really scary. Uh, 2 also does that, but it's more when you get into the dark world and have to explore in the dark world. Uh, Metroid Prime 2 has this really cool mechanic I don't know if you got this far enough Zach to to get to it but mm. when you're in the dark world you are constantly taking damage because the oh. air in there is corrosive to you so you need to, there are these glowing beacons that you need to shoot that pop open this little light canopy that you can stand in and they'll heal you so mm. Metroid Prime 2 gets really scary when you're trying to traverse this like like fucking dark pitch black area. All you have are these little beacons to, like, get a good look at what's happening. And you're also constantly being attacked and getting, uh, taking damage. So that, but that's the main gimmick of Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Mm. Oddly enough, not a lot of echoing in Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Except for the last bit with the, the visor.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I think the Echo was more about, like, the dark world is echoing the light but you know i like the echo visor that was cool mm-hmm. um also i like the fact that the annihilator gun or whatever it yeah. is like, gives you like a freaking a freaking sonic boom that you shoot out like mm-hmm. okay that is that, that is, is pretty, pretty. cool <laughs> uh the, um, i i got oh sorry go ahead
2: uh, i was gonna say uh, i i had another quick memory but i'll, I'll let you go then because i already gave one
0: oh um I was going to say, when I think of the Metroid games, like, one of my favorite areas is Venendrona Drifts. I have a lot of just really good memories of, like, going into that area and, like, having this, like, very strange quiet... It's, like, it's the snow region, um, but it's very quiet. It's very desolate. It feels like this... It's one of the places of the game with some of the tougher enemies, but it feels very calm. Mm -hmm. And i really liked it i really liked it i liked uh you got a lot of interesting powers there um they had some very cool creatures i remember there was this like this one spider that would burrow under the snow and pop up um there was these um little icicle looking creatures that would like you know go up and down walls and i would try my best to not have to kill them in order to get where i needed to go um i don't know i just as far as memories like that section does a does a lot for me i don't know this, it feels like this is good for my highlights.
2: memory because one of my memories is fighting the fucking she goths in that area oh, oh i hate buddy, those buddy. things they're really annoying uh and by extension there's an enemy in metroid prime 2 called grenchler and they're basically she goths again man guy, retro stop
0: these things are these things are scurry and they're really annoying to fight I, I thought they I thought they were like kind of cute like I felt bad about killing the tiny ones because they would make that really sad like
2: okay and then she they got, would die slowly she goth maybe Grenchlers no grinchlers are terrible
0: they're well, all they, spiky
2: and weird enough. and Torvus bog is already like the water zone of metro of metro prime two so, mm. and so you can't move and you can't really see that well at certain points.
0: Hmm, that's fair. I want to ask you, Adam, what is your favorite area for Metroid Prime 2 and Metroid Prime 1? Just because I'm curious. Uh, so I don't know.
2: trying to remember. I think I like... In Metroid Prime 1, I think... I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. the... Uh, I think the Chozo Ruins is actually my favorite, because I just like walking around there, and you kind of get... This is one of the things about Metroid Metroid Prime I really liked, is it gives a lot of really cool backstory to the Chozo, which, mm-hmm. up until that point, have just kind of been, ooh, weird bird things. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Metroid Prime 1 actually gives you a lot of background and history and, like, kind of, like, where Samus came from and all that. So, the Chozo Ruins are really cool. I like those ones.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I think for Metroid Prime 2, I think my favorite area would be the, uh, god, what's it called? Sanctuary,
0: I think? oh is that the 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 like the cyber fortress yeah uh
2: sanctuary fortress sanctuary fortress is fantastic there is no other area in the metroid prime series like sanctuary and it almost make like metroid prime 2 has some weird shortcomings they're almost Mm. all made up for but it has sanctuary (laughs) fortress so can't be that bad
0: i i do i do remember playing one and being like i wish there was like a more techno-y city and then like sanctuary fortress was like exactly what i wanted it was robots everywhere it was like this crazy like it was almost tron like you know like with some of the art design they had Mm -hmm. Uh. i would i would ask you
2: (laughs) what's your favorite zone in metroid prime 3 but um i'm trying to remember um, the zones in metroid prime
0: 3 I mean, I, I can't say because like I'm I'm still working through three, so I can't really. Oh, you never you it, you've never beaten three for some reason I thought you had. Uh, no, that's why I picked up Corruption um from Michael Block so I could give it a shot. Oh, and oh, okay. My... For some reason I
2: thought you had played it, but I didn't realize it was your absolute first time playing it. Okay, well, yeah, have fun with Corruption at some point.
0: I I mean I'm working through it now. I um, it's alright, it's cool. I think the other favorite memory I have of Metroid is
2: actually in Metroid Prime is actually some mm-hmm. of the scan data you get in 1 and 2. Oh,
3: really? There are,
2: and Zach, you, you'll you appreciate this. Okay. Do you know what a Metroid technically is? Like the, the creature, yes, Metroid? Little,
1: little floaty creature thing.
2: So float, it's a little floaty creature that goes around and when it latches onto you, it drains the life force out of you so there's nothing left but a dried husk. And the space pirates in Prime 1 and 2 are like, hey, these Metroids are cool. Let's study them. That's another thing, Drew. I don't know what happened. Why are the space pirates like super scientists in Prime 1 and 2?
0: I I don't know. I, I kind of like it, though. Like, it gave them a little flavor. Like, I always thought they were a really interesting and terrifying villain.
2: But yeah, but then but now suddenly you'll find... Like, they go from, oh my god, wh- who are these strange creatures to... Oh my god, am I why am I reading this lab report written by this space pirate? <laughs> uh, but in Prime 1 and 2, there are not one... But multiple log messages you can find about Space Pirate Protocol saying, "All right, look, you cannot keep Metroids as pets. Don't feed them. We've had three people die already. No more keeping Metroids as pets." <laughs> and I always thought that was funny.
3: <sighs> they
0: they got clever with the writing, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I what other memories? What other memories might I have? Um, let's see here. You know what? Um, I gotta say, like, I got Echoes. uh, That's the second one. I Mm -hmm. got that for Christmas one year. Like, it was my, like, Christmas video game that I was really excited to get. And I think because of that, like, I always have, like, these weirdly, like, warm memories of that game. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it has its shortcomings. Um, Like, there are bits of it where I'm like, ah, that's a little bit of a copy-paste job. What can you do? But, like, that intro bit, like, it just... I don't know. It reminds me of Happy Times. So... I don't know, which is, a memory.
2: Which a is weird, a because Metroid Prime <laughs> 2 is all about the darkness and being dying cold and alone.
0: I know, it's terrible, but there you are. Well, cool. Uh, so should we move on to our, uh, our next question? I think it's time. I think it's time to move on to our question of, what is your favorite entry in the series? Uh, and what is your least loved? And what made these ones stand out for you? And I think it's only fair that we start off with you, Adam. And work. Oh,
2: out. oh me, oh my. Um, so I really can't think of a least loved one of any of the Metroid Prime games. I really do like all mm-hmm. of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think Metroid Prime One is probably, I think I want to say it's my favorite because it just puts it like there's it made it makes the transition so well from like old to the new thing, uh, and I think it's so mm-hmm. cleverly made that way. Uh, I really do like the scanning uh, in that game, um, and I really do think you get a good sense of. Exploring this giant world, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'd been so easy to be like, because that's the thing about Super Metroid and like Metroid One and Two is that like these are really big areas that you're going to explore, and it takes a lot of time and effort to actually build that all out in 3D and to have it look good in 3D. And I really do mm-hmm. think they nailed it. It like Metroid, like I think Talon Four is the planet you're exploring. It looks fantastic yep. and it's fun to explore. Uh, I think it has a really fun story. Um, I do have a lot of love for Metroid Prime Uh, Two, it it, because it how has to be the well how do you follow up the Rockstar you know like big like Big Brother game and that just means Metroid Prime Two goes fucking weird and (laughs) trippy and it goes like off the wall trying to do something new and I think it ends up having some really cool elements like uh its big gimmick is you have this light and dark world thing and that's a very overused trope for Nintendo but it also has a light and dark Beam that new, like, now have ammo, and you have to be careful not to waste or lose too many. Uh, and there's just some really cool power ups and areas you go to. Uh, it's just kind of goofy because sometimes it's gonna be
0: a hassle playing Prime 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does. Were you, were you a, huh? Oh, sorry. I just, I want to know were you a fan of the ammo system or not? Like, it seems like you liked its implementation. You were happy. It was uh, like...
2: Um, I liked it at the beginning because it made it kind of stressful. of Uh, It's kind of like the conversation we were talking about with like keeping your potions till the end. You know, like Zach was saying, Breath Mm -hmm. of the Wild, where he had all these super powerful weapons. Well, the light and dark beam are your really powerful weapons, and they're on a very small ammo supply in Metroid Prime 2, and it makes it very tense of like, I need this for exploration, but I also need this to beat enemies. Um, Now, I will say, Metroid Prime 2 is very smart. You can never not have uh, light or dark the ability to shoot that, because even if you're out of ammo, you can do a charge shot to do a normal thing. So you can always explore, mm-hmm. no matter if you have the ammo. But it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and it's really tense because you have these powerful weapons, but don't really want to use them. Uh, at some point in the game, you get like 250 shots of these damn things. So fuck it, who cares? Balance is thrown out the window there. You can just fire it off mm-hmm. as much as you want. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think Prime 2 has some really cool moments. It's just the beginning part is kind of a fucking slog. So I think 2 is actually, uh, I thought I was going to say 3 is a big step towards being more cinematic. I I really, I think it does pull it off quite well. And I think, you know, Drew, you'll need to finish it to kind of see it. But I do think it pulls off that cinematic thing. Uh, It has kind of the least rememberable areas for me. I really don't remember much about any of the zones. They're very... Almost generic sounding.
0: Well, that's a letdown because, like, that's one of the big highlights for the Prime series is like their crazy environmental design.
2: Well, three just has three has fewer zones. It has fewer Mm. unique enemies. Uh, It does have some new gameplay mechanics, like you can call your ship in to do bomb runs at some point, and that's really oh, that's really cool. Uh, Okay, but it also just like some of the things they do may like kind of take away from. I guess the Metroid feelness of the game. I don't know. It, mm. I think three was always kind of my least favorite. Um, even though two is very frustrating at times, it's at least mm. still trying something new and cool. Three just doesn't. Three feels very generic almost at, at some times. But its ending is very cool. It also lives and breathes by whether or not you like the motion controls. So
0: that's that's entirely true. Take, I take
2: that for what you will.
0: <laughs> I mean, I. I have a... Sl- like, my take on it is I, I... I'm pretty much with you on... I think the first Prime is probably the best. It's it's a great package um, right out the gate. It's doing so many cool, interesting things. I think it has... Uh, like, again, I'm working through three right now. My opinion can change. But I think it has some of the best writing of the three games. When you actually look into the logs and you see the way they were, like, trying to, like, you know, describe these different creatures. It seems like they were trying really... They were trying to get like some very interesting ideas like down there on paper is that for three um, or for one uh for one for one again working through three um actually i that first hour of three just does not do it for me it like i like that slow pace i like that it is just me against the world feel and with three because it opened up with like here's a bunch of federation guys here's a bunch of hunters to join you on your quest or whatever happens um Like, it feels like that was taken away in lieu of maybe more of a action-orientated story. Mm -hmm. And I can see why they did that. But, like, playing through it, even, like, I'm checking out the different planets right now. And it does feel like it's designed less as a Prime game and more as, like, a Wii tech demo. Like, it looks really nice. But there's all these moments where I have to, like, use the waggle remote to, like, open doors very slowly and, like, hit certain buttons. And, like... In the first games, none of that was there. It felt more pure. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt more like this is, like, driven by design, and that's why certain things are the way they are. Yeah. Um,
2: I-, I agree. Like, 3... Mm-hmm. Like... I almost wonder how much of 3's development was fighting against the Wii U... Like, sorry, not the Wii U. Was how much was fighting against the Wii hardware and, the, and wanting to implement motion controls. Because it sounds like it should work just on paper, but then, like... And for the most part, it does. But when it doesn't work, it mm-hmm. can be very frustrating.
0: Yeah. And like, I, again, like it's, it seems like a very competently made game. Now that I'm past that beginning part, I'm seeing that more primey part of it. And I am liking it. I'm actually liking, again, the fact that I can look around a little easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as much as I love the control scheme of one and two, it was kind of like a straight shot unless you stopped to look around. Um, I'm not sure if that was intentional or not. Um, I like two a lot, as I said. I think what does it for me is it, it adds some new mechanics. It kind of adds some level of polish and some iteration on what was going on in one. There, I just think the environments in one were more interesting. And I think the creatures you thought in one were more interesting. Two has one too many copy paste jobs for my liking. But I will say the Luminoth are freaking cool. Sorry, uh, I was saying I was sad because I wanted to show Zach the Mothman. And I didn't get to get him to a living moth. Oh, man! Um... <laughs> Cause like that guy is so cool. Like he alone is like a super cool add on to that ser- to that to that particular game. Cause like the first one has no one like that, and it was kind of cool to have a buddy you could go back to and be like, "So, here's my progress. How are your moths?" Hey, and they just like huddle around him.
2: Hey Zach, if you liked being able to summon the Mothman in Persona, like Umos is a literal like giant Mothman. <laughs> well, looking him up.
0: He's so cool.
2: Uh, He's so cool, guys. So so it sounds like one's probably your favorite two's probably your least and three's kind of jury still out on that one
0: one's probably my favorite and i feel like by the end of three it will be my least favorite um because i really like two and so far from what i've seen of three there's cool stuff but it doesn't feel cool i don't it need it has a lot of it has a lot of work to do to change my mind Mm -hmm. on it right now is
3: what
2: i'm saying uh just to kind of like liven your spirits up on it three does have some really cool ending areas and the last zone is pretty cool um, mm. And it's three, I think, does a really nice job of capping off the series to the point where I was never under the opinion that we needed a Metroid Prime 4 because of how mm-hmm. well three kind of caps everything off. Ah. Uh, there's a bit at the end, like there is a secret ending, but that ties more into Metroid Hunters, if I'm honest, which okay. is that weird well, you know, I'm ex- DS game
0: ooh weird
2: mm-hmm.
0: well i mean i'm excited like again i'm still playing through it now and like i want to keep playing so like it's not like it's turned me off it's just it's the one where the jury is out and it's the one where it's kind of like there are a few things where i'm going wait but i missed the old way i missed this thing mm-hmm. um zach but yeah
2: which is your favorite of the metroid rhymes <laughs> <laughs> series i'm
0: really curious Well then,
2: hey there everybody i
1: gotta hey, have zach.
2: hot takes Hot takes
1: hot here takes. we go. Hot bate-
0: Hot take time. Hot Metroid take Prime
1: taitas. one. It was alright. Metroid Prime two. It's good. Metroid Prime three? Yeah. It was wow. alright. And this has been some hot takes. Like my again, I have such
2: a shallow play experience listening to you guys talk about this.
0: Zach, I think
2: you only like mm-hmm. Metroid Prime two because it's a giant mothman. Uh that might have been the case. I did just spend a bunch of time looking it up. Damn. And that's how guys, that's how <laughs> you sell Metroid. Put more moths in
1: it. Yeah, Mothman.
2: That'll get me. Mothman. Did you Did you know that the uh, the race is called a Luminoth, which is lumen for light and moth, light moth? Yeah, Drew <laughs> Drew told me about it. <laughs> Audience member, isn't that a, a, such a weird thing?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how novel! Yep. All right. Um. Well, any 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 last guess... thoughts
2: on Metroid before we move over to
0: Design Club? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I i think i'm good i i've said what i need to say um i think it's time for design club everybody let's get to it all right so on this week's design club um it's a little tongue-in-cheek because while i like the prime series a lot um it's very obvious that it draws certain influences from alien and that is a heavily documented and admitted to thing Mm -hmm. so for our design club it's time for you all to create video games based off of influential sci-fi or fantasy settings what would you rip off and how would you implement in a way that is not going to be a copyright break, is my question, ah, I guess. So legally, Ooh, distinct right, um, legally Distinct is
2: the flavor of the day. All right.
0: Legally Distinct is the flavor of the day.
2: Um. Huh. What sci-fi so, series would you rip off or draw influence from in order to make a video game? Fuck. The problem is everything I can think of has kind of already been done. That's really bumming me out. So what wait what video game hmm. series has, has done uh
1: like straight Star Trek
0: um probably like
1: Mass Effect would be the closest one I could think of
0: yeah but that's uh, it's more it's, true. it's more
2: space opera
0: Star it Trek is, is less but space
2: opera it, Star Trek yeah. is more is more from my small understanding of Star Trek is more space politics I think yeah
1: yeah it's sort of like well the thing is the whole thing behind Star Trek is that they're sort of going and exploring the galaxy. Mm -hmm. and like going out there seeing what's there um things like that and they have like directives that they need to do and so there hasn't really i haven't seen a game that's done that where you sort of like go from world to world to world where you're just sort of like Mm -hmm. we're on the prime directive here to explore the planet and figure out you know and like learn about the universe and things like that like with like an express design like an express goal of just going places
2: i would say Mm. from my limited knowledge of uh I think Mass Effect Andromeda was trying to do that. Oh, well then. uh, Of, like, go to each of the planets. But you're right. Like, they were going there to colonize and find a new home. Star Trek would be more like, we're going out to find new, like, civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before. Precisely.
0: I guess the question would be then, Zach, which version of Star Trek would you then want to subtly in- take influences from? Oh, yeah, it's,
1: Voyager. Picard- it's Voyager. It's
2: Voyager. It's gonna be Voyager, I guess. Ah, oh,
1: fuck off. Well, take. I'll take Voyager.
2: <laughs> okay. What would you do? How would you make a game out of Voyager?
1: Um, I don't. I actually don't know that much about Star Trek. I know the basic premise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: And I know about Picard. Picard is my favorite man.
0: So then, you're you're gonna have a main protag who's gonna be a bald, uh, middle-aged man who has a steely-eyed look.
3: Well, I think
1: the idea. Okay, like you're gonna have a custom like first thing you want to do, custom character. Mm. Second mm-hmm. thing you're gonna do, you really? get a spaceship. Third thing custom you're gonna spaceship. do, you're gonna have an amazing crew. And well, like, mm-hmm. it's literally crew? just gonna be you, your crew, your spaceship. Let's go to different planets and see what's there. Like, I just none, figured... none of this like space opera kind of like we must save the galaxy no no no. just let's go to the planet, see what's there man
2: this sounds more mm. like you'd end up kind of with like a you could almost have like a roguelike kind of thing where you go to a planet right. like it's like a procedure generated planet you go down to it and you have to interact with the the people uh you know you could do like different quests and stuff for like them
3: uh, well, i think i, was going, I, okay, hold, well, I think every planet up, every
1: up. planet has a scenario i think that's probably the that's that's there's Star Trek in a nutshell. So basically, yeah. just like Zach, you've you have scenario generators, and then you just go to a planet, generated planet, generated scenario, play
2: through the scenario. I will say it mm-hmm. sounds like you're like this is more drawing from the Next Generation or original than Voyager.
1: Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. That's that's can fair. I, I'm just can saying. I say
0: I I like what? I, I is, have an idea someone here. Someone give
2: me the shtick with Voyager, please. What's your idea, Drew?
0: Um, so you know how there's that hippie episode of Star Trek?
2: There is what.
0: There's a, there's an episode where they like travel in time to like save the whales, and they become like very hippie-ish in the uh, in the process.
2: Oh, that's that's the fourth movie. I Ooh. think so.
0: I think maybe mm-hmm. based off of what Zach's saying if it was just like space hippies traveling through time and space and just trying to see what's out there man that'd be kind of <laughs> that'd be kind of interesting. That would I cool. wouldn't mind playing a game like that space where hippies. like you drop all the pretense and it's just about having a chill time in space. I mean that's kind of with your pros.
1: Like, <laughs> I I do want to say that's kind of where No Man's Sky wanted
0: to be I think. I mean Mm, there's no bros though it's just you i'm talking about with your bros with your collective Mm. with With your homies
2: listen (laughs) yes the day they finally are able to implement like having a character and having a party system in no man's sky you can have that kind of thing yeah Mm. but uh i like that um i was gonna say you know having like a picard-esque kind of character strikes me as like fitting for like zach where it's more like here, we're gonna like go through and have like almost like politics with these people like we're trying yes. to just like get our cultures to mingle. And it goes with his like desire of like, oh, I want truly, truly authentic, uh like knowing AI that can know and storytell for me. And having like a Picard esque kind of character able to navigate navigate that would Thank
1: you for work really well. Thank you for illuminating mm-hmm. the impossible dream, Adam. Mm-hmm. I can um, see that. But yes, yeah, so that's what right. What sci fi what sci-fi series would you guys rip
2: on or we all jumping on the star trek bandwagon what sci-fi series Um, would i rip off or draw influence from? i can't really think of a sci-fi series that i follow that i followed too much the problem is is that if i think sci-fi and like like a sci-fi series i just think mobile suits and that's all science fiction (laughs) and i have plenty of i have plenty of mobile suit games yeah
0: you have okay okay okay, so how
2: about this you You have mech warrior uh, that's true
0: Okay. Well, like, maybe there's an art style. Like, Gundam has a very distinctive type of, met, like, metal suit. Like, would you maybe, like, ape a little bit from them? Are you thinking something more realistic? Are you going to more fantasy anime? Like... I will say, uh,
2: one of the one of the newer Gundams that came out was Iron-Blooded Orphans. And that was all about, like, trying mm. to be less like, oh man, lasers and beams. And more like, you know, what if we just hit each other with these giant chunks of metal? And everything's very visceral and... Heavy to it, and I do like that mech. But uh for this question, I don't really know if I want to go mech for that because it's like because I always go for giant robots. I,
0: do like I them, mean, uh, I mean that's why you should. That's why you should like take influence uh, from I, it because like you like it. Sometimes. I was gonna
2: say like when I read this question, uh the only thing I could think of was like I always really like space horror kind of stuff, and I think that's really neat. Mm. But Dead Space already exists. That's and true, and that's true. that and Dead Space like. I think Dead Space 3 ended the series in a very weird note, because that is a fantastic series of, like, space Lovecraftian horror. Like, I really Mm. like the movie The Thing, and that, like, uh, and Dead Space pulls a lot from The Thing. It's also got, like, elements of, like, old gods and shit like that. It's like, man, Dead Space is neat. Why did it have to end that way?
3: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Um. I I feel bad, because I missed out on the Dead Space series. Like, I, I don't know, I just never had the right i guess i just never had the initiative to go out and buy it i don't know why Mm. maybe i should do that adam i will say uh
2: for like sci-fi stuff uh i actually really do like the mass effect series uh and i did like Mm. mass effect one where it was more about like i think i like mass effect one mostly because it did feel like you are part of just like this greater system like you know they have like the council in mass effect one on the uh the Citadel and stuff like that. And I love, like, just exploring the Citadel. And it kind of lost me a bit when it was like, oh, these are ancient Reapers that are here. Ooh, things. And it's like, can't I just go back to, like, being, like, a normal soldier dude who's living through space life? Like, that mm-hmm. was cool.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So, like, you just... You kind of want the Mass Effect world without the weird, otherworldly, thousand-year apocalypse thing. Kind of. Like, you just like the universe. It,
2: it's kind of like... um, It's kind of like what Zach was saying, where I... I almost really do kind of like the Star Trekness and vibe of Mass Effect One. Like, I'm okay with it being like, you know, there's Soren uh who shows up as like, I want to overthrow the Citadel. And that's fine because you do need an antagonist. But when it became like, oh, they're wiping out all of humanity and stuff like that, it's like, alright, this has gone a bit much.
1: Hmm. Yeah. We went deep uh. in the space opera for Mass Effect.
2: Yeah, but Mass Effect One, I would love to see more. That's just about the civilizations and world of Mass Effect, rather than. Oh yeah. Let's uh, try to explain this cool thing. No, don't explain the cool thing. It can only sound stupid.
1: Yeah, like mm-hmm. if Mass Effect One like had Saren and you followed him instead of like you you went to two different planets, but instead of like you just sort of like you were on the hunt for Saren, you spent the whole game hunting this fucker down. But you're going to all these different planets, and you have your other directives as well, and you sort of have to manage, like, your hunting of Saren with the other stuff. You could even be a specter throughout the entire game.
3: Like, you're the Mm -hmm. super,
1: super secret agent, but you also have, you you know, you got your orders to deal with. I don't know. I think that might have made a more interesting game than the original Mass Effect, but now I'm just, like, talking out my ass. Mm -hmm. And I have the feeling the Bioware team probably has a better idea of how that game could have been improved.
2: Drew, what are your thoughts and feelings?
0: Well, my thoughts and feelings on cool sci-fi stuff that I would definitely want to draw influence from. Like, thinking about this question, I got two. Um, One, like, when I think of sci-fi, I think of, like, you know, you can kind of do almost anything, right? Like, even if you're trying to stay hard sci-fi, like you are still like kind of coming up with like this new set of logic Mm -hmm. and i think if you're doing that like exploring the realm of like dreams is always really cool Mm -hmm. i think it'd be interesting if someone like took some more influence from inception right like like Hmm. the idea of like maybe there's some kind of science behind it and just like the idea of like like i feel like there are puzzles and there are gameplay elements tied to the idea of like having a thing inside a thing, a dream within a dream, a character within a character, like I feel like that's a very cool idea, and I haven't really seen that explored a whole lot outside of that movie. There's
2: a, know? there's a game you might, you might, at least find interesting called Remember Me, and in that game, oh yeah, and in that game, uh, you, there's a civilization where you can basically upload and preserve your memories and then check them out of like the memory bank as much as you want. And the premise of that game is that. Certain people can hijack into somebody's memories and alter, like, events, how they remember shit. And it kind of reminds me of, like, of what you're describing. Uh, but that game decided to, instead of being all about dream puzzles and memory puzzles, be more like, what if you could build your own combos? I was like, what? Why?
0: That that seems... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've not played it, so maybe it worked out. Um, I Because I vaguely remember that game and I remember thinking, like, oh, that looks kind of cool um but i didn't want to pick it up and i don't really remember why so that's a little sad
3: mm. hmm. yeah.
0: let's see here aside from that um i always liked the aesthetic in and i don't know if this counts but like uh mirror's edge i thought that the way they did dystopia by having everything be basically clean ikea land was like kind of cool mm-hmm. um i wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of that just because i thought it was like Almost, like, an interesting twist of, like, no, in the future where everything sucks and is, like, oppressively designed, like, you don't have the freedom to be filthy. Um, so that was cool. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind, like, aping some of that. Um, not aping. I would, I would never, never rip off. I would only draw influence from. Um.
2: (laughs) It's legally distinct. It's definitely not a ripoff.
0: Yes. Yes, of course. Um, and I guess to just, like, end on a happy note, um. There was this movie that Disney Dunn did called Treasure Planet, and it has, like, some flaws, but it has, like, some very cool art direction right. with, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, steampunk ships in the sky and traveling from planet to planet, and I feel like the art style was just really cool, and I wouldn't mind maybe, like, having a level or two designed similarly. Like, I'm always a sucker for genre mixing, and, like, I think that movie did a pretty good job. But,
2: I remember you know. Treasure Planet being pretty cool, and I, I gotta be honest... <clears throat> like having like a big thing with like space pirates or space like exploring space like they would like like the ocean it's kind of a cool mm-hmm. idea and aesthetic that I wouldn't mind seeing more of
3: yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: remember when they had to raise the solar sails and you're like wow it's just a sailboat in space <laughs> this is this is both cool and dumb
0: i know i know like logically it makes no sense but like it's you know, you don't have to sometimes. Sometimes you just want something that looks really cool. You don't like, have to tell that's me about... What half of, like, concept art is. You don't have to tell me about liking stupid things. That's
2: basically all I do.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Well,
0: I think... Do we have any anything else? I think I'm done with this design club. Yeah, I think I'm good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Does anyone have any toaster pull routes before we kick this thing off?
2: Uh, I have a toast to Monster Hunter World. It's really good. Uh, everybody should play it. buy a copy and play it. Um, I'm gonna give a toast to the
1: Philadelphia Eagles. You did it. You won a Super Bowl.
3: Whoa! Good Spoilers job! for the
2: Super Bowl. <laughs> uh that already happened. <laughs> That's right, because we're not gonna date this recording at all. They'll never know. Mm. Yeah, so uh, no, twenty eighteen Phillies Phillies won Super Bowl. Hooray. Yeah, they beat the Patriots. uh they beat the Patriots. Who would have thought? Yes, yeah, I know. Hooray. But can uh, the Can the SF Shock beat the Phillies? The the Eagles? (laughs) Different games. Anyway, so Drew, you have a pour out?
0: I I have a toast. I have a big, massive toast to Michael Block. Thank you so much for letting me borrow your Wii U and your trilogy collection.
3: Yeah, It's been
0: a trip. It was very helpful. Super cool dude. Thank you so much. Uh, And then I want to give a toast to... I think his name was Thanos. Um, that one boss in Prime 1 that is comprised of rocks. Adam?
2: Uh, not Thanos. Uh, Thardis? Sure. Him. Yeah, Thardis. Um, that sounds like a misspell of
1: Thardis. He was cr- he
2: No, was it's Thardis. Crazy. He's very hard. He's hard- Thardis. See? Uh-huh. He,
0: he was crazy and gave me no end of grief when I was a child. He, so I'm giving a toast out to him. He really rocks. Uh... quick give us a
2: lesson of the day so we can go home (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) hey there everybody it's time now for the lesson of the day today's lesson is when you can see all the way out in the ocean all the way to an island across the sea do not go there it will be your doom and that's the lesson of the day thanks everybody
0: well, that was a bit of a downer. Yeah, no, man. Like,
2: what the fuck? Like, that island could have coconuts and shit. Well, t- coconuts are terrible. There, so, yeah. There
0: might even be things to scan on the island. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Oh God, please end <laughs> now. End. <it. laughs>
2: Let's end him so I can scan his body.
0: Uh, oh, I like the way you think, Adam. I don't. Listeners thank you for listening to us as we talk about metroid prime this week we we all appreciate it um if you have anything to say questions compliments or some third thing you can always reach us on twitter on facebook or at teamnitwick at gmail.com that's team n-i-t-w-i-c at gmail.com um thank you so much for listening to our month of shooters uh, hope you enjoyed it we're planning on doing more month-long genre type things very soon in the meantime the next episode is going to be cheaters and cheats so be ready for that mm-hmm. it's gonna be quite fun i'm guessing we're gonna talk a whole lot about lots of ne'er-do-wells um quick note the music this week is totally by pro leader to for the intro and the outro we're gonna grab a prime track so hope you enjoy that Uh, Hope you have a great day. Hope you had a good breakfast and a good lunch and a good dinner. And we'll be talking to you and seeing you real soon. Hooray! Yay! Yay! All
2: right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Uh... (laughs)
0: Quick note to everyone listening, the outro music this week is by The Altered Beast and it is a lovely jazzy cover of the Metroid Prime intro. Uh link in the description if you like it. Have a nice day.